0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Hello and welcome to a Captain's Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Frabriger, And after spending the majority of my life in the pursuit of becoming an airline captain, I realized getting to the top of the mountain in my career was not where the happiness and satisfaction were. At the age of 34, I quit my job to pursue a new life as an entrepreneur. This podcast is my way of helping people who feel stuck in life, or even for those who hit the top of the mountain, but still don't feel very happy or satisfied or fulfilled. I'm here to help you change that. It's time to become the captain of your own life. I'm not perfect, I don't pretend to be. This podcast is full of not only my life lessons, but lessons from other successful leaders, not only in business, but in everyday life. I hope you find some value and if so, please subscribe and share this with other like-minded individuals so that, that together we can make a positive impact on the world. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Captain's Mindset Podcast. I'm your host Kyle, and joining me today we have a mother of two, uh, a full time student, and a part time nurse, uh, Anna Hurst. How are you, Anna?
1: I'm good. How are you, Kyle?
0: I'm doing well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, jumping right into this, uh, I, I, you know, I brought Anna onto the podcast. Uh, a podcast all about leadership and and becoming the captain of your own life because Anna is a um, mother and not just any mother but a mother who goes above and beyond to challenge herself uh, to challenge her how she she raises her kids how she um, how she teaches her kids and and not just kind of sticking to the the social norms and and kind of some of the things that we we know that are wrong with society nowadays. Uh, Anna, Anna kind of goes above and beyond, and I've seen it firsthand. And I'm very curious to dive in on some of the concepts that you use with your, your children, uh, with your husband, with yourself, uh, and, you know, some of your personal development journey as well, and how that's helped you so far. So, you know, right off the get-go, um, this whole leadership, you know, becoming a captain of your own life, that's my tagline, but this whole idea of leadership, how do you think it applies to being a mother, um, a wife, uh, a nurse, any, any of those things? What's, give, give us your definition of leadership.
1: Oh, that's a really loaded question. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess my first concept of leadership, which I didn't even realize I was being a leader, but it was like years ago, um, uh, maybe five, six years ago when I was at work and, um, we had nursing students on the unit with their teacher and I was probably like 25 at the time. And she said to me, have you like thought about teaching? Cause you're really good with these students. Like you're very kind, you show them things um, you make them feel comfortable. And so I was like, "Hmm, I never thought of myself as somebody that could lead others, but okay, maybe this is something um, to look into. So I applied for a job um, being a clinical instructor and I did that when I was like 25, 26 years old, when I was pregnant with Abel. And then since then I've thought a lot more about leadership actually. Um, and I think oftentimes we don't think that we're leading, but other people notice it. And then you think, oh, I didn't realize I was even, I didn't even consider myself a leader, but I guess something that I was doing, um, obviously.
0: Influenced or affected those other people, Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that's a, a huge, you know, lesson that's going to be repeating in this podcast is you might not think you're a leader and you might not even realize you're a leader. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because leadership isn't, isn't about you. It's, it's about the people around you. That's the whole definite, like you're leading people or people are following you. So it's like, well, I don't think people are following me. Well, you don't, you know, sometimes you just don't know that. And that's, uh, that's a big thing to keep in mind, right? Because however you whatever you're doing in in day-to-day life and that kind of brings us into you know parenthood is something and and nursing is and and being a wife um kind of all three things that I'd love to focus on in this in this episode so with that definition um how do you how do you consciously try to lead the people in your life
1: see that's hard because that's still something that I'm working on myself um, because I think parenting is one of those things that um, we often don't think about when you have kids. Well, you think about it a, a lot when you have kids, but you don't think about how am I a leader to my children. You just kind of do the best you can with what you know. And we're so influenced by how our parents parented us and how they were our leaders or not. Some people didn't have parents who were very good leaders. Um, so it's something that you think about, but at the same time, it's something that you always question about yourself. So for me, it's one of those things where I'm always like, I'm a crappy mom. I am not doing well today. I am not leading them well today, right? Um, and I think that a lot of parents feel that way.
0: Yeah. So what do you, how do you change that mindset? How do you deal with that on a day-to-day? Because I'm going to just throw it out there again. This This podcast has never been about bringing on people who are perfect or it's never going to talk about leadership being perfect. I I think that you hit a nail on the head right away is like you, you, you said it. I said, how do you lead people? And you said, well, I, I folk, I work on myself and, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's leadership is a byproduct of personal development and, and looking at yourself and trying to make the best decision with the information that you have at the time.
1: And I think I've recently discovered that is like when you're trying to, when you're not even trying and you're just trying to be a good person and have, you know, a good work ethic or a good value or something about yourself that you're, you know, you're making it better and you're trying to live a certain way to align with your values. And then I think people notice that and then they think that you are a leader when you yourself maybe don't think that at all. You're just kind of going about your business, trying to make yourself better, and live your life in a better way.
0: Well, that's why I think leadership gets really fun. I think that's why it becomes addicting because people. You know, and again, I say people. I say like when when I say that word, I mean myself, and I mean the people that I've had this conversation with. I find uh, I find when you, you ask somebody about leadership, it's like you you've kind of started off this as like I don't consider myself a leader or maybe you consider yourself a little bit more than you used to, but it's not about all the people around you to start. If you focus on, oh, I'm the leader of this business with a thousand people, you're probably gonna be stressed through the roof and never get anything done. But if you focus on yourself, and you know, and, and like maybe the immediate people in your vicinity, maybe those five executives or, or five managers that you lead, then those managers go out and they lead their groups of people, now you're 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 bringing it down and you're focusing on yourself and that's kind of why it gets fun again because as you become a better leader, like you said, you're aligning with your values, you're aligning with your morals, uh, you're just trying to be the best human being you can be and people notice that and I think that's it makes rational sense right? But you become more of a positive person, you're dealing with your challenges, you're not bringing other people down, you're more of a lighthouse instead of a tugboat, all of those things and that's a hundred percent. You don't you don't become happy after something happens, something external thing happens, you become happy, and then the external thing happens, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know why, but the word leadership, I don't know if I really like it, because there's so much, um, you know, if you talk to anybody about their boss, or this person, or that person in a leadership role, it's not usually a good thing that people have to say about that. And so I think my idea of leadership in my head has always been that kind of negative, negatively associated thing. So for me to say I'm a leader, I, just, I don't like that. I don't know why. It's just a personal thing that I have to get over. But I think there is so much negativity around leadership in general.
0: I would challenge that everybody's still a leader. It's just whether you're a positive or a negative leader. Because That's leadership just is just people are following you. And you don't have control over whether people follow you. If people decide to follow you, it's not really within your control. So it's like some people might, some people might not. And you might influence people negatively. You might influence people positively. So it's like this idea that, you, again, you bring it back to yourself. You focus on yourself. You work on becoming more positive, And you work on maximizing that positive influence you have on people around you. And it's not like you're pushing and pulling and being that tugboat You're being a lighthouse, so whoever decides to follow you, it's up to them. Here's a good question. What do you do differently than your parents did when it comes to leading your children?
1: I think a lot, to be honest with you. Um, My parents were immigrants. They were very strict, very um, stop crying, like just deal with it, Um, get good grades, don't do anything bad. Um, We have to look a certain way. Uh, We have to act a certain way and uh, I think I do still obviously have a little bit of of that in me. I can be quick to anger with my children, which I'm trying to change, have a bit of a temper at times, but overall like I just want them to be who they are, the way they are. Um, I'm not going to try to change them to fit like my idea of what my children should be like. There are obviously some things that are important to me, like having manners, you know, um, being kind to others, respecting people, being honest, but um, overall, like, I just want them to live their life, and I just want to be there for them, and I want them to know that no matter what, like, I will always be there for you as your mom. Um, Yeah, so I think doing a lot of things differently, but also holding on to some of those things that I grew up with that maybe aren't so great, but working on
0: it. Well, again, that's, I, everything's leads back to kind of the first few things that you said is, you know, we're not perfect. We're doing the best that we can with the information we have. Um, I don't think leadership is ever some person who's perfect on anything. I think it's, it's exactly what you're saying is it's the people that admit that their way may not be the best way. Right. But you're just doing the best that you can. So you're taking the positive things from your parents, and you're you're kind of filtering out the the negative things that you learned from your parents. It's not that they're bad people. they They're just flawed people that were filtering out what they took from their parents, plus the generational uh, differences in times uh, as well. So, how do you um, you kind of reminded me of of uh, I think an episode I listened to on Parenthood. I'm not a parent myself. so, Um, I'm very curious in having this conversation with you, but there's a a podcast episode for who I think it was Lewis Howes, but he talked about what if, instead of trying to control our kids, um, and you already kind of alluded to this, but I want you to expand on it. Instead of trying to control our kids, we teach our kids or, or instead of trying to control our kids or keep our, or keep our kids from avoiding like the difficulties that we went through or avoiding like some of the challenges of life. Um, what if we help them focus on this idea that it's okay to ask for help? Do you work... I know your kids are young, but is that kind of the mentality and how do you how do you work with that?
1: Yeah, um, obviously with young... Like, my kids are young, four and five, so things are always very emotional with them. Um, and I wish when I was younger that somebody said to me, like, it's okay that you didn't do this well, or it's okay that you tried and you weren't the fastest in your class or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, like I'm trying to teach my kids, like, it's okay that you don't like to go for a walk right now, but that's what we're doing, you know, or it's okay that you are feeling upset because you're tired, um, and you're crying about it. That's fine. Like you are allowed to feel tired. Um, I think it's recognizing too, at different stages of life, children act a certain way, teenagers act a certain way, which I'm not there yet, so I can't really speak to that, babies act a certain way, and trying to understand that this is like physiologically normal, Um, whining is normal for these young kids, crying is normal, and just reminding yourself that that's not anything that I did, and it's not something that's wrong with them, that's just how they express their emotions, and that's okay, Um, but that can be really triggering to a lot of people, the whining, the crying, you feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong? Can they just stop? Why are they doing that? But that's a normal thing that they do.
0: Yeah. I think that's a super important lesson. You just said it. It's like, it's, it's easy to be triggered um, because you're asking yourself, what am I doing wrong? Right. If for your kid. And it's like, well, when you, the moment you're doing that, you're, you're kind of being selfish. You're not like listening or acknowledging the kid And what they're going through and even in a relationship um, with anybody it's there's one step that I believe most people are missing when it comes to communication and it's just that connection and the way we connect and this is something I've been avidly working on in my relationship and in all my relationships but it's it's we are not going to our our words that we use or even our body language or our tone it's never going to really resonate Um, properly with other people unless we connect and when I say connect we want to feel safe because we're human beings and if the moment our survival is challenged and we don't feel safe so if I'm frustrated and upset and somebody's just telling me you know get over it right you can't just grow up you know Or, or whatever and they're not acknowledging this just emotion and I don't know why I'm feeling this way and it might not be rational but if, if I don't get accepted for that, then I am, don't want to listen to anybody that anybody says because I feel threatened by what they're saying. Is that kind of um, in alignment with what you're what yeah, saying? Yeah, because
1: that's a real thing to you. It's a real emotion to yeah. you, even though it might not be to somebody else. You're still experiencing that, right?
0: Yeah, and it's, and it's not about the, uh, it's not so much about accepting the behavior uh like in in a sense of like if you know if somebody goes out and they you know get angry so they you know i don't know what's a good example they kick another kid hit the wall right kick punch a wall yeah. um the behavior is obviously not accepted like in the sense of kicking a kid or kicking a wall and there must be consequences but the acceptance of the person for being a flawed human being is kind of what we're what we're aiming for so Take me through. How would you deal with that? How do you balance the discipline and the acceptance of you know the emotion and the feeling, the the you know the 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 hard the hardships that somebody's going through.
1: At work, I've learned to just let things go. I don't take things personally anymore, although I used to like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you like in the hospital, you see all kinds of people going through all kinds of things with all kinds of emotions and all kinds of illnesses and diseases. And uh, it's a high anxiety, highly emotional environment. So things are set. Sometimes I've learned to just not let it phase me. Some days it's harder than others, but um, I feel like I'm pretty good at leaving that at the door. And then, uh, you know, just doing my job, being professional, following the guidelines that I have to follow um, but at home, it is for me very difficult when my kids act out like that and have these big emotions because it makes me have really big emotions. So what I've started doing, and it works most times, sometimes I do lose my my mind though, not going to lie. Uh, I've started to just firstly stop and then I count to five. And then by then I can usually um, keep my temper in check and then I will try to in a calm voice, just talk to them about it. Um, but it's hard sometimes when they're really emotional as well to even get through. But for sure that connection, sometimes I have to hold them for a bit or sometimes we have to snuggle on the couch and then kind of talk about what happened. Um, but honestly, the hardest part about that is keeping my emotions yeah. in check.
0: Yeah. I, I don't doubt it. It's, yeah, you know, same in the relationship of, of um, you know, maybe me and my partner or, you know, anybody like a business partner, even that does something that you don't agree with, or, uh, you know, the one thing I, you've kind of said is, is not letting it bother you. And, you know, especially in nursing or in parenting, why is that important? Why is it important that you separate the, uh, you know, what somebody says and not let it bother you?
1: So I think there are two different things because in nursing, even though, so that is my job, um, but I don't personally know these people. Um, I know that they're going through a hard time. I'm there to help them, to provide care, and I have a governing body, which is the College of Nurses of Ontario that we are uh, responsible to. So we have specific guidelines, specific, um, you know, ways to conduct ourselves and our behavior and our professionalism. So that's one thing, and um, I ca- I just can't let that bother me anymore. I used to when I was younger, but um, it's just not worth it to me because now I have a family, and I have other things that are more important to me. Like, my family is more important to me than working as a nurse, to be honest with you. So it's kind of like you have to pick your battles, and it's like if I need to um, save my energy for my home life, that's what I'm going to do. So... I'm not gonna waste my energy um i guess mauling over something that somebody said to me at work because i need that energy when i'm at home (laughs) so
0: um what's something that you're currently either um, really trying to work on or maybe something that you're trying to unlearn is another good way of putting it
1: man um i'm trying to work on being disciplined and like doing things even when i don't want to do them because I think that's the only reason I've been able to, um, be in school and work and have this family is just doing things even when I don't want to, because there is no other time to do it. So if you don't do it, it doesn't get done, but there are still areas where I need to improve on that. Um, so I'm definitely working on that. I'm trying to unlearn about, um, perfectionism because growing up, uh, being perfect was like the standard and so it's really hard for me to um accept the fact that sometimes you do need to rest or it's okay to not do things perfectly or it's okay to not get an a plus on something um that's been really hard i think harder even than staying disciplined
0: what's one thing that you're doing to unlearn that or or to really work on unlearning that
1: oh You know, it's, it's not going well, (laughs) Kyle. It's not.
0: (laughs) Why is it? Why? Okay. Let me ask you this. Why are you trying to unlearn it? Why is it a thing?
1: You know, I just, I also don't want my kids to think that they have to be perfect in order to um, feel valued or loved. Like you don't have to be. Um, But it's definitely something that I think a lot of people grew up with. Like if you didn't get the A's, if you didn't look a certain way, if you didn't behave a certain way, you got punished. And so, like I don't want my kids growing up thinking I have to act this certain way. I have to be this person that maybe I'm not, or I have to pretend to like this certain thing because my parents want me to. So I want them to know that that's okay. You don't have to be perfect. It's,
0: uh, it's funny. I had the same conversation or a similar conversation with my brother, and you just said it again. And this is why, I'll, you know, this is why I can, you know, asked you to come onto this podcast because again, you just described leadership, right? Like it's not it's not so much that you're um, trying to be a perfect leader anymore. It's more that we're trying to, we're motivated to be trying to be a better leader for a couple of reasons. Number one is kids. Kids are a huge motivation. And if you, if you are a parent, you are listening to this, ask yourself, you know, how is this influencing my kids? How are my kids going to grow up? And you know, there's no right answer because there's a, there's a, A fable or analogy that I like to use um, I'll just tell it really quickly is two two sons grow up with an alcoholic father one son becomes successful one son becomes an alcoholic and then um, they're both asked like why are you the way you are and they both give the same answer because my dad is an alcoholic so even though dad was an alcoholic he influenced those two boys completely different so another reason to give ourselves some you know some some give ourselves some uh some room some you know a little bit of a break because you know no matter how hard we work on ourselves we're maximizing the influence or the positive influence that we have but that's not always going to be how how it rolls either so um yeah any any final thoughts on be being an effective parent any other struggles or challenges Um, and more importantly like lessons that you've learned that you want to share
1: Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing as a parent for me, at least in our family, is like just to be there for your kids, like play with them, put the phone down, turn off the TV, like go for a walk, go play outside, get into the snow, get into the sand, whatever, the mud, the puddles. Um, They have so much fun and spending that time together is like there's nothing that makes me happier than seeing everybody just playing and laughing And enjoying themselves and then you actually end up having a great time so we've made like a bit of a rule where at like when the kids come home we put our phones on top of the fridge and they just kind of stay there and matt and i will remind each other like hey get off your phone or um he'll say to me hey get off your your phone and the kids will even say it's family time put your phone away (laughs) um yeah i think like i think that's the little things that they will remember that, um, you know, mom and dad played with them or, you know, they were always there when I needed a hug or they were always there when I, um, you know, didn't want to sleep on myself. I knew I could always go to them or, or whatever. So for me, it's just been like letting go of expectations, letting go of like the schedule that I thought was necessary and just enjoying life as it is with them. So, you know, if we're like, oh, we've got to go for a walk today. We're going to walk here and then go there and there and they're just happy to play on the snow hill outside it's like you know what maybe we won't go for a walk maybe we'll just play on the snow hill like who cares (laughs) so letting go of expectations letting go of schedules or like things that you picture in your head of how things should be letting go of that and just going with it the way that it is
0: it's it's funny as you're speaking about that um it came to to my mind that what you're trying to teach them is connection, right? Because or you're, what you're trying to do with them is connect. Because I had this, I had a rough childhood, and only recently have I really been um, kind of mending that with my father. And you know, um, and it's kind of funny because I've had to do, I've had to be like the parent to my father in a weird sense. But I'll, I'll let me expand before um, anybody judges that. Uh, what I realized is my dad was just trying to be the best that he could be. It might not have been normal to most people or it might have, you know, may not, maybe didn't work the best. But as I grew up, I started realizing like all the positive and all the negative influence that he did, like he, um, uh, that he kind of cast upon me. It was my perspective of it all that helped me the most. So I've, I've got things that were good and things that were bad, but I still, the bad things are still positive because they taught me like, okay, I don't want to do that and now when i have the conversation with my dad I, I i just stop wanting things from him i don't i don't want him to apologize i don't want him to tell me he loves me i don't care it's it's i want him to just be accepted by me so i switch the role and i'm i'm trying to connect with him by just being like hey it's okay we're all flawed you know messed up human beings that are just doing the best we can and so now my dad's told me more and more like oh, i should have just spent more time with you and what he's really saying is he tried to teach, instill all these lessons into us, but we really wanted, what we really wanted as kids is to feel safe. And it's something that I never felt as a kid. I honestly really realized that going through therapy and stuff is I never felt safe as a kid. And that caused a lot of trauma and a lot of havoc. So it's its funny how important that is. Um, and it's just sad that I think a lot of people don't know that or don't understand that. So
1: yeah I can definitely with my kids too I can tell like they sometimes they just need you to just hold them or just to be there for them um and it's crazy when you try to when they are having like these emotional moments and you try to talk just tell them like stop doing that why are you crying just stop it like you know why are you doing that um how much longer those emotional moments last versus if you just sit with them and hold them and tell them like, you're feeling really upset right now because we had to come inside for dinner. You know, you're allowed to feel upset. It's really hard when you have to come inside. I get it. The tantrums last are much shorter when you can um, give them like a a name for the emotion and like acceptance that it's okay to to feel that way versus versus telling them, stop it. Don't do that. You're going to go to your room. That's not how big boys act.
0: Um, Any good books as a parent um, specifically that you've read that, uh, you know, now that you're five, six years in with your kids that you would recommend to somebody?
1: Um, To be honest with you, I started reading some parenting books and I stopped And I always, I try to tell people not to read parenting books because there are so many different theories of how to parent and so many different things that you can read about. You can literally drive yourself crazy. And I have done it, especially when my kids were babies with schedules, napping, this, that, feeding, walking, talking. It will, it can honestly drive you insane. So I think Have a good, a basic knowledge of how to be a parent. Like, obviously, don't neglect your kids and don't abuse them. But um, I think you just have to figure out what works for you and for your family because everybody's needs are so different. Everybody's life looks so different. So as for parenting books, I'm not a good person for recommendation because I honestly haven't read a single parenting book from beginning to end.
0: I love it. I actually love that answer. I can I can understand that. Um, any other books? Just you know, this whole idea that you're working on yourself uh, in general. Any other books that stick out?
1: Yeah, I've read a few that were really good, but also I don't. I feel like I like to pick and choose things out of books that um, make sense to me. One of the one of the really good ones I read was by da- David Goggins. Can't hurt me. He's a little bit intense for sure, but there's a lot of really good lessons in that
0: book. What's uh, what's what's the main thing that you got out of that book? And then we'll close this out.
1: Just that, you know, um, in spite of yourself, if you want something, you actually can do it. Like most people are capable of a lot more than they give themselves credit for and that you are your own worst enemy in a lot of these cases. Um So as intense as he is, he really does have some good messages and and some good perspectives. And I think everybody could benefit from reading that book.
0: Awesome. All right, Anna. Well, I appreciate you spending some time with me today. And uh, um, yeah, I appreciate everything. I think uh, think there's a huge amount of value in this. And uh, until next time, thank you for listening to another episode of uh, A Captain's Mindset Podcast thanks for watching another episode if you found value at all in this episode please do me two very important things please number one give us a review on spotify or apple podcast and number two please share this on your social media or with somebody that you think would find value in it these two things are super important for the growth of this podcast and helping us maximize our reach and the impact that we have on the world together we can make a difference thank you